1: The Playlist Podcast and all other Playlist Podcast Network programs are sponsored by Mubi, a curated online cinema streaming a selection of exceptional independent classic and award-winning films from around the globe. Mubi's film experts handpick every single film they show. Each day they present a new gem, and you have one month to watch it. Plans start as low as $5.99 a month. Visit MUBI.com slash the playlist to start a special 30-day free trial. Mubi's current highlights include a couple of exclusive titles, which includes the documentary Tony Conrad, Completely in the Present, and Bertrand Bonello's Sarah Winchester, Phantom Opera. But also, MUBI's first major theatrical release, The Happiest Day in the Life of Ali Maquis, will open in New York and L.A. on Friday, April 21st. Shot in stunning black-and-white 16mm, this finished film won the Uncertain Regard at the Cannes Film Festival last year. It's great to see that in addition to the fantastic curation that MUBI is providing, that they're also getting into the film distribution realm as well. Once again, visit MUBI.com slash the playlist to start a special 30-day free trial. Now, on to the show. You're listening to the Playlist Podcast, a discussion about film news and other film-related items. I'm Ryan Oliver, and today I'm joined by binge-worthy host Kimber Myers and a gesture-tracking co-host Joe Jovan Oppen to discuss the Fast and the Furious series. The Fate of the Furious smashed the all-time worldwide box office opening this past weekend, so we discuss how the series has endured over 16 years, where we see it going, and some discussion about our thoughts on the latest entry. I'll now drop you into the conversation as Kimber starts with her relationship with the
0: franchise. Did not admit this in the review that I did for the playlist. I had not seen any of them. Um, and as my prep for doing the review, I watched uh, Furious Seven and then uh, did a fair amount of reading—probably far more reading than has ever been done about uh, the Fast and the Furious—to to figure out what I was getting into.
1: Oh, nice! And uh, so you had to just do a bunch of like uh, synopsis recaps and and figure out what what was gonna what was going on.
0: Yes, yeah, which was uh, super fun. I did that after watching Furious Seven, so I went in kind of cold there, um, and uh, and enjoyed it. And then was like, like time is fleeting, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the Cliff's Notes version. I high school me would have been very disappointed in myself.
1: <laughs> well, that's okay. I mean, fortunately, there's not a ton of. Plot to to weave through, um, but <laughs> accurate. <laughs> but uh, what about you, Joe? When when did you come on to the the Fast fury series?
2: Well, I remember in 2011 when like the trailer for Fast Five was kind of circulating, and uh, I had never seen any of them up until that point. And like there was such a like wow factor to that, that trailer that like the, in the audience, as I would watch it in the theater with, like people would be like, "What the." F- like when stuff was happening and I was like I have to see this there's something magical happening with this movie I know that I have so I have to, I have to watch the previous four before this comes out so <laughs> I watched part 1 and it was fine like I kind of get it it's got a charm like I can see why it was a sleeper hit started 2 too fast too furious and couldn't get past 10 minutes I was just like this is awful <laughs> this is not recovering And I was like, you know what, I think uh, I'll just skip to five when it comes out. And if I'm (laughs) competing, then that's my fault. That's on me. So I I skipped right to five and loved it. There was just like a meat headed like earnestness to the movie that like was really charming. And like that was something that struck me about the first one as well, was that there wasn't there was like there was something kind of sincere about the movie that had been missing in the years leading up to, like, 2001, there was just, like, such a snark about movies that this movie seemed kind of, like, sweet in its sincerity, even though it's, like, a ripoff of another movie, you know? (laughs) I was like, oh, there's something weird, and that endures through, like, like, the future movies, which, you know, like, from five on, saw five, liked five a whole bunch, loved the just smoldering homoeroticism between... Vin Diesel and The Rock, which has since <laughs> turned bitter, which is really unfortunate. But, like, six was good enough. Seven, you know, after the you know tragedy of losing Paul Walker, like, there was a there was a nice kind of, like, poetic exit point to the whole series. So, as it was reaching this, like, breaking point of idiocy, I was just like, uh, okay, like, the, but this is a strong conclusion. Like, let's just leave it at here. And now, like they're like, it did so well. We're gonna make eight. Like, no, don't, don't, don't make eight. <laughs> let's just let's stop. I we're would, good. I
0: would and nine and that.
1: ten. <laughs> yeah, apparently it's gonna be like the and two then movies. more. Yeah, and then twelve and then we'll be at a nursing home and it'll be
2: uh wheelchairs with wheelchairs yes. we'll that have nitrous <laughs> yeah
1: i would absolutely see that movie though totally. i would i would join
2: back in at that point yeah
1: i like cut out for five movies and then when it gets to the nursing home yeah yeah that would be the one um i guess um i have to say i've i've been with these movies pretty much since the first one came out i've seen all eight of them at this point um you know there's been good entries i i really still kind of hold the first one dear it's not a great movie but just like the sort mm-hmm. of time and place when it came out like it just really was a, just a very enjoyable movie that i loved um 2 3 and 4 are pretty rough 2 especially like you were right to turn that off <laughs> after 10 minutes it's it's really bad uh, Tokyo Drift a lot of people seem to like um, I think it has the most street racing so if people are into that part of the series that might be why they enjoy it so much but it's like just the acting is so objectively terrible that it makes the rest of them look fantastic by comparison uh, and then the fourth one like has the most plot I would say I guess like that was where they brought back Vin Diesel and Paul Walker and everyone who had left the series at that point point. Um, and then but like four was almost like you see this term thrown around a lot like the soft reboot term um and i feel like four was like kind of on the um like was what those what series started to do like it's almost started with fast and furious like it's like they reference those other movies but it kind of just became something different and then yeah from five on they've just been insane how can we uh top the other one set pieces and now they've become like full-blown like blue-collar Meathead Mission Impossible movies with seven and eight. Yeah, uh, it's 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 strange. But the other question I wanted to ask you guys, like, how the series that started out as a as a Point Break ripoff, uh, now like this new chapter, the eighth one, had like the highest global opening weekend of all time. How how do you think these movies have endured through the sixteen years of their existence?
2: Um, I I think. I remember, like on, on uh, adjust your tracking, my my podcast, like where we talked about it. It was like it's one of the non Star Wars, non Marvel franchises that like exists post two thousand. So there's something kind of like that with generations. There's there's something endearing about it that they like. Kind of similar with you. Like you grew up with it. It hit you at an impressionable point. And there's something that's still like, even though it's 16 years old at this point, there's something that still feels relatively new because it's after the millennium. It's not like all these old titles that are, like, they're forcing upon people and like, you can be like, this is it. This is all you have to choose from. Right. And so it's like, it's one of the only kind of like newer properties that's like, that did a kind of about face, you know? And it's like, clearly there's just something about, the charm and the chemistry of everybody involved that like doesn't apply just to the gimmick of it being cars flying through the air because like they tried to they tried to launch uh, Need for Speed and that sort of whiff <laughs> didn't do well so it's just like it's not just the concept that's like big to everybody there's something that people love about like the chemistry of everybody involved
0: that's what I was most struck by and and really pleasantly surprised by it was I thought it was just going to be big cars and explosions and fast and, and all of that, and didn't really think they would be something to enjoy. But the character interaction and the fact that each of these characters is totally distinct, which I, I think especially in large ensemble films can be a challenge that each of those characters separately. And even within two films, I was like, Laura, well, I, know that Tyrese is going to come in at this point and say something really funny and kind of fully really wimpy and um it's going to be totally different than what you'd get from Ludacris or The Rock, that they really have honed that voice, which I, I appreciated.
1: I, I think that's that's the key. Like I, I think um it would be naive to think that a film series could yeah, unite or save the world. But I feel like in this, you know, certain division that we have in our country and the world right now, I feel like if any films franchise could like even more than star Wars, which is like the definition of a film series, like this would be it. Cause I feel like there are people from so many different walks of life. Like it really doesn't matter like your, your class or like whatever your political views are like they are just this, this franchise seems to cast a wide net and so, like, people can, like, share their enjoyment of this uh, series. And I think part of it is that those characters, like you mentioned, Kimber, not only are they well-defined, but they're relatable. Like, they're, like, everyone kind of mm-hmm. knows. And, and it's got this central theme about family, which is completely ham-fisted, but also endearing at the same time, um, <laughs> that, people, that people seem to uh, attract to. And I think that's um, part of the reason that they've endeared for, you know, eight now going going to go on nine films
2: now i think that it's also one of like as we you know the the star wars universe is like definitely trying to angle in on some diversity in their casting and representation in their casting which i think is super important but i think to more kind of like conservative people that triggers like an eye-rolling quality and I think the Fast and the Furious movies have always been just genuinely diverse and sort of represent a sort of great swath of, like, different types of people, you know, even though they're sort of all jocks at heart. There's, like, just different, you know, iterations of, like, everybody's sort of represented, you know? And, like, I think that it, there, there's just something that's, like, not calculated about it that I think is also really endearing.
1: Yeah, it's been evident since the first film, like, that wasn't even
2: because mm-hmm. they this cast
1: is mostly been together until like i mean i think tyrese and Ludacris came in, in the second one but like they've they've had a very diverse cast from the very beginning and yeah it's it's not uh it, it's sort of like they were ahead of the curve almost with this like it's become such a, a talking point now and it's it's an important thing um but this series have has always just done it organically um
2: that was the paul walker memorial silence oh
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um so that <laughs> I wasn't sure if I was gonna leave that in or not, but that's actually might not be a bad launching point to <laughs> to this eighth film. Um which <laughs> um Joe, you have not seen Fate of the Various yet, correct?
2: I have not. Um I I was kinda like overbooked this weekend and so I missed an opportunity to see it. But I also have to confess that I'm having some, you know, like I'm a little cautious of seeing it cause like, I'm just, I don't know. Like I, I've loved what these movies like have grown to be. And I felt like there was a sort of logical conclusion in the last one, but it's like dollars dictate what happens like from here on out. And so like there, I'm wondering if there is still that sense of like freshness and chemistry that like kind of inspires the series, if it's still there as it becomes more of just like a cash register ringing experience.
1: Sure. Well, uh, Kimber, why don't we go to you? I know you, uh, you wrote the review, uh, for the site. Um, what, what did you, what did you think of the movie and would you recommend seeing it?
0: So I absolutely see it as something that is, I mean, I, I think using the word product is, is acceptable here, <laughs> a product that was manufactured to be successful and to be more successful than the last. They put a lot of money into it. They they really know how to make big spectacles. Um, I think it's very nicely directed by F. Gary Gray, um, as well as like the actual cast of people who just are genuine draws, whether it's Dwayne Johnson or Jason Statham, that they can clearly bring audiences. All that said, though, I didn't feel like it was just a blatant, cash grab I think that the care that the stars in particular have for the the franchise is really evident on screen and Vin Diesel in particular um I'm sure part of it that he um, has a producer's credit and I'm sure is taking home a chunk of change um but I I feel that it isn't just about the money that these people are just having a blast and it's really infectious
1: I, I'm I'm with you there. I I think this, if anything, this uh, latest entry is still just as endearing as the other ones. And there's there's been a common criticism I've seemed to see with this movie. Um, and I've seen it in multiple reviews now that say like it betrays what people love about the series. And when I saw it, I'm like, what does it exactly betray? I guess other than <laughs> other than Vin Diesel's character having to betray his family which you know it's it's you could see from the trailer anyway that's like you're not going to buy that for a second anyway like so um but i i never understood that because i'm like this movie is still just as endearing and people are are having a blast just as much as the other movies but there's something about this one and i'd, I'd even go further you know joe you said furious seven had a um had a natural conclusion which is evident because of Paul Walker's tragic passing but I'd go as far as to say I wish the series would have ended at six Um, with with the ending of six that they ended back at the same uh, house in Los Angeles that the first film started with and everyone was kind of around drinking Coronas and having barbecue and I'm like oh (laughs) this is uh, this would be a good like circle of life way to end these movies and it'd be satisfying and then the post credit scene of Jason Statham smashing Han's car kind of ruined that it's like okay we're getting a seventh one um, and so they kind of, ac- the seventh one just accidentally fell into, uh, having like a reason to exist because of, of Paul Walker's death and they memorialized that very well. But I-, I did have a hard time finding a reason for this movie to keep going. Um, like there, there are some really good set pieces as, as you would come to expect, but, uh, for some reason, the one-liners and the banter just doesn't really click as well in this one. Like there, there were times where, like I I like Tyrese in these movies, but like there were ones where I was just kind of groaning instead of actually laughing with it. Um, (laughs) and then, Oh man, it's really painful to watch, uh, Charlize Theron and Vin Diesel exchange dialogue because she's clearly, she's clearly slumming it and he's clearly trying and yet she still out acts him. And so it's just really, it's just like kind of cringeworthy almost. Um, but
2: i yeah it like it seemed like such like lazy casting like i mean she's fantastic and so like you can't take anything away from her for that but just to be like hey, she's in that one car movie let's put her in the other car movie it just seemed like so <laughs> like she'd made such an impact with Fury Road that like it's like yeah we're we furious fast and furious let's do that it was just like uh, the, like it was like meat-headed casting so it's like the same bone-headedness applies to like choosing her but you know like if she if she's great in it it all works out and who cares if there's a sort of like obvious sort of forehead slapping correlation but it seems like she might be a little deflated in it <laughs> certainly and the rabbit hole I goes mean I even... feel
0: like it could have been anybody
1: yes yeah <laughs> it, it could have, it could have been anybody and then the rabbit hole goes even further because not only was she in Fury Road. If you're talking about car movies, she was in the Italian Job remake, which F Gary Gray directed. Yes. So, yes.
2: Yes, yeah, totally. Yeah.
1: So you have that extra, like, oh, she was in two car movies, so let's put her in this one. I mean, she's 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 always great to watch on screen. But but as Kimber said, it really could have been anybody. There was nothing super special about her role. Uh, and, and also, the other thing that really bothered me about this movie is is, uh, the slow like marvelization of like big franchises is starting to seep into the Fast and the Furious franchise where it seemed to have been like kind of bulletproof from that but now it's like oh this person now aligns with this person and now there's this like even bigger batter villain that like it wasn't that one it wasn't uh, Luke Evans or it's not Jason Statham now we have an even bigger one and it's like lazily tied into those events and it's kind of like it's, like it's like Mad Libs they're just kind of like riding it in as they go along.
2: Wait, is there going to be an, an eventual crossover it's the same studio with Transformers?
1: I don't think it's the same studio. Uh, I think that's Paramount and this is Universal. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. Uh, Well, are
2: right. I'm thinking of Universal Studios having a Transformers ride, which they do. Oh no, <laughs> how
1: embarrassing.
2: <laughs> um <laughs> But like that, I thought of like when I the trailers were sort of released around the same time around like the Super Bowl. But like Transformers has like essentially the new one coming out this year has essentially the same twist that it's like your hero's gone rogue, and it's like now it's dark Optimus Prime and like dark uh, Toretto. Um, what's his name? <laughs> Dominic Toretto. Dom. <laughs> <laughs> Dominic Toretto, right? Sorry. So it's like they're they're both like the evil sides of. Uh, the people that are beloved and I, I think that also just sort of reflects where we're at politically you yeah. know like the, the America's no longer the good guy or the bad guy
1: right and I had the same issue like with this movie that I did do you speak in Marvel that I did with the uh, Captain America Civil War in the sense that it's like uh, I mean granted that admittedly, is a better written and better acted movie than this one is, but, like, you, you get the sense of, like, there's not really there's not really much at stake. Like, yeah, your heroes are fighting each other, but you know how these movies end anyway, so you don't buy for a second that it's really going to affect anything further along the road, except for the events that occur in this movie.
2: Yeah, with uh, just a super low, rumbly uh, recital of the word family. <laughs> okay, we're family. <laughs> Well,
1: they say the word they say the word fate like the like a couple times in the first like ten minutes of the movie. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I was also bothered too by how uh, I mean, so many people die in this movie. I mean, presumably there is no way that you could survive a lot of the crashes and and all of that. But it's it's never anybody that, or it's um, not to give away any spoilers, but like you're not, you're not gonna have your heart broken watching it. Like that's everybody who you really care about is going to emerge victorious, which when the stakes are this big, and it's theoretically the, the fate of the world on, on their shoulders and everybody around them is dying. And there's a nuclear sub, like not, not one person can, (laughs) can bite it. I say, is this, uh, this is someone who has less emotions invested In the movie and the Mm -hmm. franchise as a whole, but um, I still would have liked to feel that there were actual stakes and that there was some danger for these people that you care about.
2: Yeah, it seems like they really have to like stretch out who they're willing to like let go, which maybe they maybe they'll have to in the next like couple. Like maybe Ludacris will be like, okay, can we just kill me? I'm tired of making these.
0: But then how will he make music?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's
1: true still, he's still is he is his songs is he still making songs for the movies i i lost track
2: to be honest i don't know is there I like... is there an exciting concluding song for the closing credits
1: <laughs> i don't know i didn't stay very long because i had another movie to go catch <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: but now he's doing uh, the revamp of fear factor for mtv is he oh only? yeah <laughs> so that'll that'll be something
1: that that's interesting Um, I guess if I had to say any, like anything positive about it, I'd say, uh, that, um, Jason Statham and Helen Mirren would be the MVPs for me if I had to choose. Oh my God.
0: (laughs) 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 I didn't go too much into Helen Mirren, but in my review intentionally, but first off I loved, so I went, I went to the world premiere and so it was packed with like serious fans, um, who I'm not sure if they won a ticket or how that worked. But they, they cheered when every returning character appeared. And then I was most surprised when like the room erupted when Helen Mirren showed up on screen, which was not what I would have guessed, that like that crowd would get super excited about Helen Mirren. Not for me to judge them, but, <laughs> uh, but people were really excited. And it's deserved because not only is she Dame Helen, she's also so fun
1: yeah she's she's like clearly having a a good time whereas a lot of people are they're having a good time but there's also like a routineness for it where her she's like i'm just happy because she's apparently a fan of these movies and so she wanted to be <laughs> right she wanted to be in yeah. it so that's why they casted her
2: yeah that reminds me of like when i when i went to go see the press screening of six which i can't furious six fast six i can't remember i think, remember it's, I think she, it's called fast
1: what? and furious six um <laughs> I know. I think. Uh I know. These titles are all over the map. Yeah.
2: But um I remember like when the Universal logo came up, like it was it was mixed with like critics and with like the public who were able to get passes to see it like a couple weeks ahead of time. But like as soon as it came up, like the audience like applauded. Like they were that invested in the experience <sighs> of seeing another one of these. And that enthusiasm, like, you don't get that everywhere. You know, you don't get that in like every... Like, I'd even feel like it's sort of died down for, you know, like, a lot of the Marvel movies um, that, like, the routineness that you're talking about, some of the performers feeling in these actual movies, like, the audience has to feel that to some extent. Like, I know what I'm in store for, just a numbing series of, like, action set pieces that eventually ends in me walking out tired and irritated, you know, like... <laughs> like that wasn't that's that hasn't happened yet to this series it feels like maybe it's a turning point now but like it for the most part like through through seven movies it's been like really refreshed you know like it's managed to stay fresh
1: yeah for i think for the most part I, and i think but i think now it, it is that you know and granted i had kimber i had a very different experience from uh going to the world premiere of the movie i went to a <laughs> to a 10 30 a.m. showing in Woodinville Washington Oof! and uh there was like 15 people in the theater on a Saturday <sighs> morning and I was like yeah it's at 10 30 in the morning but still like I would have expected this to be packed um but there was maybe about 15 people in there so I was like oh maybe this is the this is the turning point um and certainly the domestic number dropped but then when I saw it, it broke the worldwide opening weekend I was like oh man these are going to keep coming until until they really have nothing left yeah it's definitely
0: something that I would recommend seeing in the theater and ideally in a packed theater like Mm. that I'm sure contributed to how much fun I had was that there was a lot of like yelling and laughing and clapping and it's it is totally contagious when you're in I mean if, if you're willing to be kind of swept along with that it it's it can be a really fun experience. And but I can't imagine watching it on like a plane
2: that you're about to jump out of
1: <laughs> in your car. <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> Cars don't fly. Oh, yes, they do now. Um, uh, yeah. We no. have to
0: steer them for some reason.
1: <laughs> yeah. Tyree still doesn't know the plan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it there is, you know, there's always that infection of that, uh, you know, when, when people are having a good time, like, you know, that shared experience can be great. Um, but then when you just kind of hear a series of uh, grunts and sounds and people's chairs <laughs> squishing because they have the reclining seats in the theater I went to, uh, then it's just kind of like a, a, a deflating experience uh, adding on top of the movie itself.
2: Yeah, I heard I heard a friend say they were like, I don't need to see that in the theater. And I was like, that's a 100% the movie you need to see in the theater. <laughs> Otherwise, you're just not going to watch it ever. Like, you can say that. And if you don't want to be mean, then okay, like, we could just avoid the conversation altogether. But, like, these types of movies, yeah, do benefit greatly from seeing it in a packed theater, like, on the biggest screen possible with headache inducing sound. Like, it's just like, it's better exactly it's the only way to see it
1: (laughs) yeah it's the only way to see one of these movies um and it's been it's been the best way for all eight of them even this one i I will say also the other thing that disappointed me and i forgot to touch on it when kimber when you brought it up but f gary gray directing this movie that was it was kind of a disappointment because um you know i do kind of like the italian job remake or at least i like the last uh section of that movie um and he's coming off arguably the best movie he's made in his career straight out of Compton. And so it's just kind of like he, you know, the movie is such a hit that he's going to probably be able to make whatever he wants or, or, you know, do whatever he wants. But uh, it was just kind of a, I was like, arguably the best director they've had on this series. And then it was just kind of a, kind of a
2: letdown. Yeah. I mean, I think like Justin Lin should be credited with like really finding what works about the series Mm -hmm. and just really just going all in with it. Like, cause he was, he directed them from four on right. Four through six, three through six, three through six. Okay. So like four was like a retooling and then five, it just hit like an incredible stride, you know, like it was just Mm -hmm. like everything culminated at once in like this really intoxicating package. And so like, I think he, he definitely found the spirit of the series in like this pretty incredible way that like he should be credited with. But yeah, F F Gary Grey, like I love straight out of Compton despite its flaws. Like and I think that he's like he really knows how to work, like he knows how to move with a camera, even in a film that wouldn't you know, a biopic doesn't necessarily need sweeping camera movements, but he found it in that one. And so like he seemed like a really good fit, especially considering he directed set it off, you know, yeah. with bank robberies and one and cornrows. Oh, yeah. So he's already worked with cornrows <laughs> and, you know, robberies
1: and uh, the negotiator. Right. Didn't he make the negotiator? Yeah. Yeah. There you yeah. go.
2: Yeah, Friday.
1: Yeah. And uh, Friday is great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's just, it's just, it's too bad. But it, at the same time, I guess if we're trying to convince you one way or the other to, whether to see it, whether or not to see it, I think you pretty much said it yourself, Joe, if you're going to see it, you should probably go see it in a theater. Um, But I would, uh, I'd tread lightly. I'd tread lightly.
2: (laughs) Matinee maybe, but like a a slightly more crowded matinee.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I thought like the the like before eleven a.m. shows um, around this area are like six dollars for a matinee, so that's why I went, and they're usually packed. Um, Like when I saw Jason Bourne at that time, it was like a pretty full theater, and I was like, oh, Fate of the Furious is going to be just like I need to get my tickets days in advance because it's going to be sold out and nope 15 people it's like all right well this is this is really
0: strange <laughs> i don't know where i'm at but yeah that probably uh, wouldn't hurt to have a a pre-theater drink or two as well at 10 in the morning you should do it that's like a mimosa i'm not gonna judge
2: <laughs> or like some whippets you know just something <laughs> yes um i guess
1: <laughs> Uh, I want to ask I want to ask you guys if you have any final thoughts before I wrap up. But I, one thing, uh, another thing I do want to say real quick, I just things keep popping up. Joe, if you loved the rampant homoeroticism between The Rock and Vin Diesel in Fast Five, Ew. it happens between uh, The Rock and Jason Statham in this movie. Not not to okay. the sweaty degree that it does in fast five, yeah. but it's certainly there. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Oh, thank God. Well, yeah. so right. I'm gonna go see it. Now. Good. <laughs> well, yeah. I think uh, that that my final thoughts are that it's a uh, it's a it's a series that I'm I'm cautious, you know, going forward, like where it's gonna go, especially with like the trailers, like how like now five really set a precedent where it's like they they drove off a cliff and jumped out of the moving vehicle, and then with every trail every successive trailer, it'd be like what's the, Oh my God moment of every trailer. I'm like, what? So what are they going to keep doing? It was a submarine this time. They're going to drive into a volcano next time. Like, I don't, I don't know what it's going to be. They're going to space. <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> really? I don't, I don't know. It's the
0: <laughs> only place to go.
1: <laughs> They're just yeah. going to keep topping themselves until the only, yeah, the only place to go is to launch a space. car off a rocket and into the moon. Uh, if anyone's from, if anyone, that. if anyone from universal is listening and that happens, I want story credit um yeah <laughs> cool. he's earned it <laughs> yeah i've sat through eight of these movies god damn it <laughs> uh well uh <laughs> thank you guys for uh for joining and chiming in uh on this episode it was, it was a lot of fun
0: thank you yeah it's
2: all about it's all about family
1: all about all about family <laughs> it's it's fitting it's fitting that it's uh, like a team-up movie and we have representation from binge-worthy adjust your tracking and over under movies so it's it's like the playlist <laughs> uh team up team up episode yeah. <laughs> finally finally yeah i like it all right thanks guys thank you,
0: thank you.